Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 Minute Thrive, your go-to podcast for anything and everything HR, powered by MRA, the Management Association. Looking to stay on top of the ever-changing world of HR? MRA has got you covered. We'll be the first to tell you what's hot and what's not. I'm your host, Sophie Voller, and we are so glad you're here. Now it's time to thrive. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of 30 Minute Thrive. It is that time again to go over this month's talent report with Jim Morgan, MRA's Vice President of Workforce Strategies. So we'll dive into what he's been seeing in the world of business in September. So thanks, Jim, for being here today. Yeah, my pleasure. It's good to be back. Well, for September, your extended or featured topic of the month was on compensation and total rewards. So I'm wondering why you chose this topic for for September. Well, we've got our big Comp Trends event coming up in a little over a week now. And the timing of that is not coincidental as companies are right now sort of going into budget season, preparing for 2024, those that are on a a calendar year. You know, we've just found that this is a really good time for us to start talking about compensation and benefits for the next year, um, providing them what we've learned so far in 2023. And it's always a game, you know, that, oh, we could be the first ones to come out, but then we come out with data in May. And by the time you're budgeting, it's like, well, that data is already six months old and it'll be nine months old by the time, you know, we start the year. But if you wait too long, people are like, I got to put something in there because I have to figure out what's happening. So I think MRA has just sort of made the strategic decision that says, we can start getting that data out there in middle or late September. It gives everybody October and November to to budget, to figure out their next year, to figure out salaries. If they've got compensation needs, they've got time to still do some work on it. Um, and so that's how we end up with compensation being about this time of the year. Yeah, good topic for good month. Yeah. Let's talk about what's happening in the recruiting and retention world right now. So I know you focused on Gen Z strategies that companies are kind of employing right now. So can you name off some of those strategies? Yeah, you know, and, and it's, while it's a generational thing because it's Gen Z right now that are the new and younger people coming into the work, I think it would apply to just about anybody. But I also think people have to understand, you know, what the Gen Z workers went through with the pandemic, as an example, um, they were in their last couple of years of college, maybe, or their last couple of years of high school, or their first year of work or something. And those are pretty critical times to all of a sudden to be kind of cooped up and things like that. So I think that's driven things a little bit. And the fact that the market for talent has just been upside down. So what we've seen is um, a lot more companies are promoting their emotional health benefits talking about the things that they have available to people. You know, with each generation, I think we get a little bit more open and honest about mental health. Um, It was something you used to not even talk about or it was a sign of weakness. You know, now it's almost, uh, I need somebody to talk to. I'm going to grab anybody and I'm going to have a conversation with them. But it's it's really important to younger workers. And so they're, they're using that now, I think, as a selling point to say, this is we know this is important to you, and we're going to put it out there as one of the benefits um, that we've got. They're also trying to be a little bit more, I think, transparent on pay and benefits because if you're just entering the workforce or you've only been there and for a year or two, and you're you know googling, hey, how much should I be making? 
you're probably getting some pretty wild numbers, some pretty good looking numbers, but not necessarily the most accurate ones. And they don't realize that's for someone living in downtown New York or whatever it might be. And so I think um, helping younger workers understand what the market really is, um, how they set their compensation, that it's competitive, it's benchmarked, while younger workers may not necessarily be all that interested in that, I think it gives them a little bit more of a reality when they come in saying, oh, I'd like $100,000, and you're a, you as an employer are like, we have people with 15 years of experience that aren't doing that job and making $100,000. Um, so trying to just give them a little bit more background and, and information. And then lastly, you know, we're at this generational tipping point, and I think we might have talked about this before, but, you know, we're a couple of years away from the Gen Zs and the millennials outnumbering the Gen X and the baby boomers. Why is that a big deal? Um, you want very different benefits than what I want. And we're going to have to start making some of those adjustments that as more of the people who go out looking like me with what we've traditionally had and coming in looking like you and wanting different things, that they're asking more questions about what matters to you, you know, and what do you value? And just taking one of the simplest ones being healthcare, which has always been an incredible benefit for people that, yep, I got to have that. Um, you can be on your parents, you know, healthcare till you're 26. So 22, 23, 24, 25, that doesn't have a whole lot of value to you at a time when I'm trying to secure you as an employee in my organization and keep you if you're good. So what do you want instead? And how do we start trying to take a look at those things? So I think there's a little bit more conversation and listening going on around the benefits. You know, Jim, I'd like a Netflix subscription instead. <laughs> well, it's cheaper than healthcare, so maybe uh, we'll see if we can get you one. Well, like we said, we're focusing on compensation and total rewards this month. But last month, we kind of focused on DEI um, and inclusivity. So you actually launched a couple of DEI poll questions last month, and you have the results now. Um, so do you want to kind of share out what those poll results were? Yeah, I'd be glad to. You know, Again, another event we've got coming up is our DEI conference. And this was really because DEI was the topic last month, and it just helps us constantly sort of stay in touch with where our members are to find out what's going on. So we asked last month, you know, where are you on your DEI journey for the people that, you know, were attending the Talent Report webinar? Um, we had 46% say they were just beginning, 31% doing their, you know, doing pretty well. So 77% of the group is sort of in that yeah, you know, our feet are wet, we're kind of moving, but we're not there yet. Um, so I'll come back to that. 21% who haven't started and 2% saying that they're fully implemented. So, you know, just a quick, all right, I see what's going on out there is that, you know, people are, they're doing things. I think they realize they have to do things. Uh, it's an expectation of younger workers. It's an expectation if you're in a talent um, supply chain of the people further up the food chain are saying, you know, we're looking at, um, your diversity and what you're doing there. So people are, they're they're getting started, but they're just not there yet. And I think we're seeing fewer and fewer now that haven't started at all. Um, and those who haven't started at all, just looking at why that was, which was the next question, um, really it was around two things. One was leadership commitment, especially in a smaller company, maybe less than 100 employees. If you don't have the leadership um, ready to go, that makes it quite a bit more difficult. 
And the second one was just not having the time and the people and the resources to know where do we start? Because it would be great for us to say, oh, we're launching this DEI initiative, but if nobody's got the time to see it through, to put the activities in place, to put the initiative in place, to figure out what we're doing, how we're doing it, communicate it to everyone, then it's not going to get very far. So I think, you know, the positive is more and more people are initiating, starting, moving along on the journey. The hard thing is, is just making sure we've got everything in place. And that means leadership is committed. We've put some resources into it. We've got the employees fired up about it and that it's a big deal. So it's ongoing. I think it continues to be a journey for people, but um, slowly but surely we're we're moving along. Mm-hmm. Yep, good results. So another topic that I'd like to dive into is your talent thinking section, um, where you kind of highlight the recruiting and candidate process. So any new up and coming things this month or just anything to highlight on this? Yeah, there was a a really good benefit study that came out by Ernst & Young, um, and I actually circulated it around here. And I I just sort of put a little disclaimer on it that said, I know this doesn't sound like a really exciting topic, but the information they've got is really good. It might be worth taking a look at. And they had a lot of discussion around that generational tipping point that I was just talking about a couple of minutes ago that says, how does this change the game in terms of what's going on out there? So a few of the things that, you know, that they mention and that, you know, I'm seeing and hearing when, I, when I'm out in the field is this whole gig economy and remote work has just changed the game. And we all know that. But when you stop and think about, OK, have we really accepted yet that the norm has changed, that where people are working, when they are working, how they are working, lots of different expectations and what employers have to do to be clear about what is a remote job and what's not a remote job. And when we say work remote, this is what we mean. And here are the policies that we have around remote work and starting to see some of the pushback on that, that, yeah, Sophie, you can work remote. We don't have any problem with that. But if you got three kids running around in the background or every time we call you, you're folding your laundry or you're at the grocery store when we have a Zoom call, at some point I'm going to start asking some questions and say, you know, I get it you know, once in a while, but boy, this seems to be sort of the pattern of what's happening out there. So the gig economy, remote work has changed things and, and employers are are having to um, to adjust to that. The benefits issue that I was just talking about, um, really knowing our people, and it's getting a little bit more personalized because I think it really means someone has to sit down with um, people and say, what matters to you? because healthcare may or may not be a big thing. Loan payments may or may not be a big thing. A Netflix subscription may or may not be a big thing. But we gotta know our folks to know what it is that we're gonna offer because if we just sit in a room and two of us talk and say, I know what we should do. We should offer everyone pet insurance. Okay, great. How many of our people have pets? Well, I don't have any idea. All right, well, then why are we doing it? Well, everybody else seems to be offering it. Maybe everybody's got one. They think it was the greatest thing. But what does that mean? And not everybody's going to want to take advantage of it. So how do we let people begin to figure out what they want and where they are in their employee life cycle so that we're actually providing things that 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 matter to them? So that, I think, is really the biggest thing. The last one that we're seeing more of is everyone's got HR information systems now that are designed to make life easier for us. We can go right in and do our 
vacation. We can put our PTO time and see what's going on just by going online. We can figure out when we're going to be gone. We can see what our salary is, what our withdrawals are, what our benefits are. All that stuff is, is now online. And that's becoming more and more of a technology-driven process that employees, especially younger ones, are not, not thinking I got to walk down the hall and find an HR person and talk to them. I can go online. I've got an app on my phone. I can see exactly how many days off I have, when the vacation days are coming up. And a lot of that is sort of working in the virtual world again, that how do we make all of that information accessible to people and make it easier for them to manage their own benefits? Mm -hmm. So those are a few of the things that you know they were talking about seeing, and I think we can sort of confirm that with what we're hearing too. Mm -hmm. Kind of expanding on that technology-driven aspect, this month I know you're also talking about employees having um, AI policies and just leveraging AI in general. So can you talk a little bit more about what you're finding this month with, with AI? Yeah, the AI is just fascinating unknown, new pasture, you know, AI has been around for a long time, but I think the chat GPT like just brought it into the everyday lexicon. And now everybody is, all right, what are we going to do with this? What's going to happen? What does it mean? Where's this information going? In HR, I think especially, um, this is a big deal because to the extent that people are relying on artificial intelligence to do some things in the HR world, you know, the, the caveat on this is, are you doing an analysis of what you know AI is doing? Does it have unintentional disparate impact on disqualifying candidates? If you're writing job descriptions and things like that, are they being written in a way that it's not discriminatory? So there's a lot, there's a lot of caveats behind it. And that I would say to anyone who's listening is that's a legal team question. That's a, let's make sure we're we're doing okay. So having said all of that it does bring an awful lot into the HR world. And so you are seeing companies that say, you know, we can generate a list of expected skills and qualifications for a job. You know, we can type it in, we can see what comes back. And I would never just say, oh, it came back, here it is, let's post it. I think it comes back and you've got to look at it, you've got to read it, you've got to review it, you have to personalize it for your company, but it certainly can give you a start in terms of the information that you might be looking for. It might be a way to, you know, it can search for alternative phrases. So maybe your job descriptions were written two, three, five, ten years ago. It can search for things and find a new way of saying the thing, same things, but maybe in more modern day nomenclature. So it can help you with that. We had a company that used it to develop a social media um, strategy to say, if this is what we're doing, where might we go and with which platforms? And so again, it can generate um, some ideas for you. Draft jab, job announcements for different things. Um, generate interview questions for people. So it's there's just so much that is capable now. Um, it's just understanding, just like you know, with Google, with ChatGPT, with AI, all of those things, Where's the information coming from? You know, how has it been vetted? Who's looking at it? Because, you know, you just can't take anything off the shelf and say, this is it. Mm -hmm. So that's my, that's my disclaimer on all of it. But people are also just trying to figure out how do we use this to save us some time? If it's going to take me 
two hours to generate some interview questions? Can I generate 20 of them in a second and then say, wow, these three are pretty good. I'll rewrite them. The rest of these aren't good. I'll come up with, with two on my own. So I think a lot of it right now is time savings. How do we use it um, to just be more efficient? Um, what it's going to mean in the future, I think, is just going to be wild. <laughs> I had I had a friend who got an email from their boss and they didn't know how to respond. And they're like, you know, I just asked Chad on how to respond. <laughs> and they're just like, I thought that was just crazy and just kind of shows like you are using it in everyday life. Yeah. And, and it's got, you know, you have the ability now to say, what sort of tone do you want it to write in? Is it, yeah. you know, direct, legal and straightforward? Is it kind of fun and friendly? And, you know, and it's just, again, I would read everything, but, you know, you can see how selecting different words makes it come across a little bit differently. And what's the brand of our company and how do we want it to sound? There's, it's, um, it's yeah. really fast. It's a fascinating time to, to be oh, dealing yeah. with those things. So your quote of the month was even about AI um, and it said, AI, AI might not take your job, but someone who knows and understands AI will. So can you explain that quote a little bit more? Yeah, I heard that in a, in a webinar that I was on and, you know, it just it immediately got me thinking that, you know, everyone is, oh, AI is going to take my job. It's going to take my job. And are there some jobs that eventually? Yeah, sure. I'm sure that there are some that are going to be that way. But just about everything has a human component to it, you know, that's still involved. And so I think, you know, the the presenter was simply saying it's not sort of a black and white. It's either Sophie or artificial intelligence. But if I have a Sophie and a Sophie who understands artificial intelligence, the second Sophie is probably going to figure out how to blend those two things together and come out with a better product, a more efficient, more effective way of doing things. And so you are starting to see employers now start to, you know, not that you have to be an expert in it and be trained in it and have a master's degree in it and know how to do artificial intelligence analysis, but at least to know what's out there and what's it capable of and what can it do. Um, that I think is going to be a, a selling point for some people as they are switching jobs or entering into the job market. Mm -hmm, for sure. Well, this month in charts, our favorite section, you've included where the different generations are moving to. So can you kind of explain what the, the charts show and some of the stats there and where the data is kind of coming from here? Yeah, this one was really, I thought it was interesting. And, and I don't think anyone's going to change their world based on this. Yeah. But LinkedIn had, you know, taken a look at everyone who had, you know, pursued a job online and had changed their online posting that, you know, it didn't say that Jim Morgan was at MRA in Waukesha now. Jim Morgan was now working for Catapult in North Carolina. So they could see, okay, there's a baby boomer and they just took a job in North Carolina and they could see the movement. And so they they just did some analysis of that. And I, I just sort of found it interesting that when you look at the younger people and you're like, okay, where are they going? And you see Boston, Massachusetts, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, Austin, Texas, Madison, Wisconsin, you know, number four, you're seeing those Denver, Nashville, Minneapolis, the places that you know, yeah, it sounds like kind of the hip places and that's where people are going to. And if we've got a company and a brand that's attracting younger people, hey, we're in the right place. These folks are moving here and taking jobs here. You know, interesting. Does it change what we do? I don't know. Maybe not. You know, and then I start looking at, okay, where are the ba baby boomers that maybe now are 
you know, 55, 60, and they're moving jobs, where are they going? Austin is still high and Raleigh is still high. But then you see Cape Coral, Florida, and Sarasota, Florida, and Phoenix, Arizona. Kind of a different, you know, and you understand that there's warmer weather, there's more people that are a little bit older there. There's some duplicates and all of this. But you can see that younger people are going to these fast moving, more hipster places. Older folks are going more towards where are there other people like me? Where's their lower taxes? Um, where is there really good weather year round? So it starts to just sort of give you an impression of what's going on out there. And then for what it's worth, overall, they said, if you're just looking for where are folks going, it was number one, Austin, number two, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, number three, Denver, and number four, Nashville. So those are kind of the, the hot spots right now. And all of those are, are in the talent report this month. Okay. Well, as we kind of wrap up here, I've always got to ask, Jen, can you give us a sneak peek on what October's talent report topic will be? Yeah. And let me, before I, you know, share that big secret yeah. with you, one other thing that we did this month was we, we when we were talking to all of our C-suite um, roundtables, we asked them a little bit about, you know, hey, what's keeping you up at night? You know, what's driving you crazy here? And these are just a couple of the leading ones that came out of it that from a CEO and CFO's point of view, I thought you know might be of interest to some of your podcast um, listeners. Hiring and talent retention remains at the top of everybody's list. I think everyone just knows that's having an impact throughout the organization. Process and workflow improvements. I think there's really this concentrated, how do we do more with less? How do we get the most out of each person? Where do we need automation? Where do we need some other things? So those are top of mind for them. Um, big organizational change issues. Maybe it's an organizational restructuring. Um, it's a new CRM. It's a merger and acquisition. A um, lot more activity in those areas. So that's a big one for them. Preparing the next generation of Sophie Bowlers. That's a big one for everybody. Um, you know, how do we take that next generation of leader who might be taking over a little bit sooner with a little less experience? Make sure that they're re they're um, ready. Cybersecurity, top of everybody's mind. There's a new horror story every day, so they're working on those. And then employee benefits for all the reasons that we just talked about. You know, how do we make sure that we're competitive with everybody and we're offering, you know, what what it is that 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 our people want. Mm -hmm. So anyway, <laughs> on that for next month, um, the topic is building the generational bridge, and it'll be talking a little bit about this generational tipping point. Um, how do we help everybody communicate within the workforce? How do we, you know, take all the, the Zs, the Zillennials, the Millennials, and replace all those baby boomers, and after that, the Xers, and how do we make that a nice, smooth transition? Because I would argue those are two pretty different sets of generations, and um, it's just going to take a, a little bit of extra effort to make sure that we have a smooth transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great topic. I'm excited for that. Yeah, looking forward to it. Well, Jim, thanks again for all the great content today and just recapping what you've been seeing and what our members are seeing in the world of business um, with an emphasis on talent this month in September. So I would just encourage our listeners, don't forget to share out this episode. Consider joining MRA if you aren't a member. We have all the resources you need in the show notes below, including resources on this talent report and upcoming talent report webinars. 
Otherwise, thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you all next week. And that wraps up our content for this episode. Be sure to reference the show notes where you can sign up to connect for more podcast updates. Check out other MRA episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And as always, make sure to follow MRA's 30-Minute Thrive so you don't miss out. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next Wednesday to carry on the HR conversation.